0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Shop Talk Show. This is your host, Jason, from Shield Bash. And today we will be joined again once more by Jared from Nothing Ventured, Nothing Gained. Uh, Jared, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. I am Jared from Nothing Ventured, Nothing Gained. And we are a actual play rules conversation while we play yell at each other about rules. Uh Pathfinder 2nd edition podcast. Uh, we play other tabletop role-playing games, you know, mixed in whenever we can. But more or less, uh Pathfinder 2nd edition is our bread and butter. So check us out on you know all all streaming services.
0: Uh are you playing a particular AP or is it all homebrew or we are
1: currently in the mix of homebrew slash converting wrath of the righteous from first edition yeah uh i'm not saying the second edition has you know they have a lot of interesting ap's nothing that like picked us up and when we chose this one we were all playing doom eternal as like a, a group like a bunch of us were playing doom we were like hey you know it would be cool killing demons so how does it
0: work with the mythic rules or are you just kind of letting those go by the wayside
1: so, we talked about the mythic rules, and the way I'm using it is when they were given the mythic option. So, as you progress in the AP, you have to act, like, basically at milestones, right? And it's like, oh, you activate the mythic power, you get something. Uh, I gave them, I said to the group, I said, hey, listen, obviously, this is from first edition to second edition. Nothing translates perfectly. Uh, and my my good friend, Steve... I said, yeah, I said, hey, um,
0: you said, hey, I'm going to pet a dolphin, Steve.
1: Yeah, we're going to pet a dolphin. Yes, (laughs) we're going to pet a dolphin. (laughs) We, um, I said, hey, uh, does it make sense if I gave everyone a free, like multi, like a dual class? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not,
1: not the free archetype, which gives you that. I was like, no, they get a second class that they can level whenever a mythic bonus happens.
0: Like a gestalt thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's become wildly uh, uh, uncontrollable. <laughs> I, I, that was the, that was that, the, you know, like you're a scientist, right? You, you got your two chemicals and you mix them. And you hope it doesn't explode. This blew up real fast. <laughs> uh, so, you know, be careful. Obviously, it's not, a, it's not a perfect science, but there is definitely a way better way to do it than the way I did it. <laughs> But, hey, are your
0: players having fun with it at least?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they love just, uh, you know, it's, it's twofold, right? Like, they love the craziness I can throw at them. And I throw crazy stuff at them. Uh, at this point in the game, I've stopped worrying about balance and counterbalance. And I'm just like, yeah, we're fighting demons. So I saw this really cool demon online, and that's what we're fighting today. And they're like, sure, let's do this. Cool,
0: yeah, that's that's nice. You don't have to worry so much about like, well, I want it to be a challenge, but I don't want them to all die.
1: Oh yeah, and and with the bonus levels, like the the not it's not multi class, it's just an actual secondary class. A lot of them all took healing aspects. They okay. uh, like everyone, like someone dipped into uh, cleric, someone dipped into champion, someone dipped into. Uh, oracle so they were they all kind of grabbed up these like healing abilities so with all that extra healing i'm like yeah let's adult red dragon yeah that makes sense
0: uh what i'm picturing too is like you know their their character and they got their their uh you know their multi-class dipping into those and then they have a whole second one so then they're dipping into another multi-class so they're really four characters
1: at once Uh, yeah that's exactly what it looks like on the table it's pretty nuts
0: that sounds like it. I, I will admit, I uh, have not really enjoyed Second Edition, you know, with mm. my personal experiences with it. But you know, it uh, doesn't really say a lot because there's a thousand systems out there, and can't enjoy them all.
1: Hundred percent. I know a lot of people. I will say the Second Edition hinges on its tight math. Right? We hear about that in and uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. The math is very tight. So if you got you know, if you're giving people bonuses, extra bonuses, you know, that's why they went to only plus three magic items in fifth edition. The math is even tighter in second edition. So if you if if you like homebrew or start throwing in these numbers, suddenly things swing wildly out of control and you're like, I made so many mistakes and now uh goblins are stealing all your magic items because I yeah. need to fix this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I tell people when I when I give new items or things like that. I'm just like, no, I want you to understand. um, If I find this doesn't work, it's just going to go away. (laughs) Be aware of that. It was all a dream. You do that dream illusion thing. (laughs) Turns out it was cursed to only work for so long, and then it just turns to ash.
1: That's actually really cool, and I might start using that aspect. Well, thank you. Uh, But today's
0: topic, it kind of goes along with some of this. Is party loss, and by party loss, what we're talking about is the party loses—not necessarily dies, but as a party, they lose a challenge, an encounter, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, uh, you picked this out of a couple suggestions. So, mm-hmm. what was it about this that really, really pulled you? Like, what's your your big thought on this?
1: Loss creates gravity in your game and if you read the forums and you you if you talk and you see a lot of obviously the the humor behind it right you see you see a lot of like uh youtube shorts and stuff and people kind of make jokes about how overpowered parties are in in many systems the party is has the advantage loss creates a real sense of struggle for your team and and that can create that dynamic I, I feel a lot of dms are looking for is like they want the party to feel like you know the hobbit um bilbo and and aragon when they're trying to get somewhere like that epic you know or when you're fighting on the mountainside you know when gandalf is is fighting the Bal- the balrog monster he loses right like well he dies also but then he comes back multi classed he cheated he, he <laughs> stole the kill um Lost drives players, you know, play, players stop feeling like, and it happened to me, I was playing in a game, I was a, a player, and the GM basically said like, oh, there aren't going to be player deaths, and I, I went nuts, like, my, my full plate paladin 5th edition was doing ridiculous stuff, jumping off of buildings, like, I was taking ridiculous chances that normally I wouldn't, and it, it, it just, without that feeling of, like, tension... It, it it made the game feel silly like you were playing on easy mode right like you activated invincibility code
0: yeah we say it at our table all the time if there's no risk of death what's the point in playing
1: exactly like
0: I, I remember uh, we were playing extinction curse right and mm-hmm. I'm, we we were fairly low level and one of our players walks into a gelatinous cube and at our level we're like this like this thing is difficult for us to fight. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, next like uh, our GM. He was like, "I'm not sure if, if I should have the other one show up at this point." And I was like, "Just bring it on, man! Come on!" Mm-hmm. He's like, well, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Dude, I haven't lost a character in like six years. Like, bring it on! Like, we'll either die or we'll succeed and feel badass. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's give it a shot because you're right. Like, if a if a GM straight up told me no character deaths, uh, yeah, I'd be like you." I'd go up and tickle the dragon's balls just to be like, I mean, you told me I can't die, so,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, funny story in that campaign, um, the GM started to try and create like again that gravity that we all want to feel, that sense of realism, and he he, a gargoyle showed up on a on a deserted, uh, on, well on a a jungle island with you know crashed ships it it was like a lost island think like kong lost world yeah and a gargoyle showed up and we were like sure gargoyle whatever magic world i can shoot laser beams out my eyes cool gargoyle grabbed the gnome and tried to take the gnome and and flew off a cliff and was gonna obviously the gargoyle was going to take it back to its lair and it was going to create like an encounter scenario i was like hey man i haven't died and i've done a lot of stupid things full plate mind you full plate paladin Charges, jumps off cliff to tackle gargoyle in the air. I would like you to know, I lived, the gnome lived, and we drowned the gargoyle.
0: That's mine!
1: (laughs) Like, he was like, oh, it's like, I was like, how far is the cliff? How far down is the cliff? He was like, 80 feet. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And everyone at the table was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, like, we, like, we've done stupid things. Like, uh, nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so... A part of me wants to let this devolve into humorous stories of PC <laughs> stupid things, like jumping off cliffs, uh, which I could give several examples of. Um, but, let's talk about this in a more clinical sense. Mm-hmm. So, your DM has told you no character deaths. So, at that point... W- and this is a, just a question of, is that DM willing to go after the non-PCs, the important NPCs and their stuff? Because I... I was talking about this last month with Omar, mm-hmm. um, and he, he mentioned, like, a really good villain may not attack the party directly, but might attack their stuff. Like, he had a party that owned a bar, so like he had his people going through and like burning down the franchises of their bar. You know, and so
1: you know they were like, "Ah, what about that DM of yours?" I I feel, uh, and Eric, I know you listen, so no no shame. Um, but uh, we we had a few NPCs with us. We we saved them on from the shipwreck, right? That's how we got to like Kong Island. It he never went after them, but we did lose a lot of stuff. Like constantly, we were losing weapons and gear um but was it important stuff it was never really important it was never it was never a set uh, yeah like i I felt again like he he kind of like rust monster showed up and ate my sword and i was really mad uh but it was whatever you know and it was never anything of great importance And I feel like if he had gone after the NPCs and maybe even our important items, like my full plate, like that was my whole character concept was like my full plate. I would have felt a little bit worried about my activities. Uh, And I think that might be a better option, right? Like, let's say if the DM doesn't want to kill the players or or have player death going after that stuff, like your friend Omar was saying, like they were going after that bar that creates like that would make me mad. Like, like you went after my stuff. Like, you know, it's a fictional game, but I, I still don't want to lose stuff, right? Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm attached to my my grandmother's, you know, thimble that she gave me when I was a child, and you take that from me, I'm, I'm a mur- I'm, I'm a murder some people. Like the Thieves Guild, I'm coming for you.
0: Or like, you know, if that sword had been your your dad's sword, and he
1: mm-hmm. or your
0: mom's sword, and they passed it down to you, you know, like a, you know, like a Conan the Barbarian situation
1: oh yeah um oh, I'm, I'm murdering a whole thieves guild you know yeah. you, th- and that's that's what has to happen at that point it's just vengeance and then you leave one person alive to tell the story so yeah. that they yeah. don't mess with your stuff anymore um i i hopefully everyone gets this reference i don't know the age ranges we're messing with but like golden axe M- remember the little like goblin thing that would show up and uh-huh. steal stuff
0: I have the, for my PlayStation 3, I have the Sonic Sega Genesis collection. It has one, two, and three
1: in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that little goblin that shows up with the bag. Yeah, the little it, blue guys. The yep, thieves. The thieves. They just steal your stuff. I would get, like, irrationally angry at <laughs> those guys. They would show up on screen, you know, and I would, like, pan. I'm a little kid, right? And I'm panicked because those are your magic items. You throw up the pot and magic happens. And, like, I would become irrationally scared. Like, I would either run down the screen to get away from them or, or just, like, fo- focus everything on that character because my stuff was important. Yeah. And and that that's kind of how I view it. Like, if your stuff's important and it's valuable, that's important, you know, and that's that your player. You're going to get a rise out of your players, even if, again, you don't want to remove players from the game or characters from the, the game, not the players. Yeah. Yeah,
0: try to find what's you know something else to fuel a feeling of loss.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That that's great. You know, removing items from players is amazing, and it can create that sense of loss, especially if they worked hard for it. You know, right? Like they 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 spent a thousand platinum pieces to build their tavern, and the sheriff comes in and is like, "Oh, you don't have the contract. Like we have the contract. You don't own this anymore." That creates loss. Um. I I do feel like party loss of any sense is 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 very valuable to a dynamic storytelling. Yeah. You know, because that that creates that ebb and flow. Uh, One of my players, he's old school. He's like AD and first edition chainmail. And that's going back. Yeah. And he is not adverse to running. You know, he, he firmly yeah. believes in like the DM shouldn't balance encounters. The players should read the room and then understand what's happening.
0: Yeah, I I use this saying: "There's a lot going
1: on in the world. Not all of it is your level." That's that is very sound logic right there. Because you, you as a DM, you kind of bind yourself with that concept of the character level. And I feel like that's, you know, hopefully, you know, in, 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 later editions and in the future, we, those, uh, who get paid will think of a better way than character level for like balancing encounters or maybe just remove that concept so that the, the GMs can build this narrative, right? Like let the beholder show up and trounce the party a little bit to, to just kind of show them like, Hey man, like we run this, like, um, What's that game? What's the uh, adventure path? Oh, the Waterdeep Deep one. The uh the dragon heist. Okay. It it takes place in Waterdeep, Deep and one of the main guys is Xanathar. He's the the, the beholder. Yep. Uh, runs the Thieves Guild. Head of the Thieves Guild. I have his magic card. I I love that magic card. It's a great card. Um I you know, if your players, if you're playing in that, right, and they're they kinda like hurting the Thieves Guild, you would suspect, you know, the the the, the Godfather would have to sit down and and kind of show them, like, you know, throw them a little beating and then let let them go. And then maybe in that same scenario, right, like you do kind of like, a, like a, if anyone watches The Walking Dead, spoilers, but like Negan, when he first met the group and he baseball bat that one guy and crushed the skull, you do that to an NPC to kind of set the tone and be like, hey, don't mess with us. Now, it might scare off your players, kind of like rattle their bones, but it also will light a fire under them. Maybe they'll start to think, hey, we can't take this guy out. He's so important, but what can we do? Like, let's, let's, maybe now becomes more of a detective novel. You know, we'll figure out.
0: You put a, put their backs against the wall. They get a lot more creative.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Um, you know, for, obviously I could, I could, I have a million tales and in my Wrath of the Righteous game. Um, I created this, it's not part of the game, but I needed some way to wrangle my, my players. So I created this toxic fog that started coming out of the abyss, right? So the abyss is, there's a crack in the the, the earth and the abyss is leaking out. And I needed to wrangle them to kind of like figure out like, hey, we need to deal with the, the this stuff over there. Um, so every time they would go into the fog, I would be like, make a con save. And if you failed, I was like, two or three d12 worth of damage uh to the player that's a lot and this yeah. is like level four Ooh. and yeah yeah and I, I i would i would deal a good portion of damage to them whenever they were like running around in the fog and they understood like they, they needed to achieve smaller things but they started to become really smart and the wizard started to use a lot of spells they wanted like safe passage i didn't even know about the spell Right, because we all know magic missile, mage armor, stuff like that. There was a spell yeah. called Safe Passage. It creates like basically a a tube, uh, like a sixty foot long tube, and in that tube, nothing bad can happen to you, like e- elementally. Like so, if it's very, if it's raining, it's not raining in the tube. There's poison gas on the outside. There's no poison gas on the inside, and he started burning all his spells and started buying spell scrolls of just this. And it it created an economy, but I had to put them up against this, like undefeatable force for them to start to like really play with the world. Yeah. And I, I think that's what like the, the, the core, the kernel of this conversation is like having your players lose or loss, like just general loss forces your players to think creatively and that's the most important part, because for me, I love seeing my players think really like hard outside the box, and then throw me for a loop. And then as a GM, you know, on my feet, you got to think real fast: like, would this work? Would this not work? Okay, I'm gonna make a call now, and then I'll figure it out later.
0: Yeah, I, um, one of the games I'm running, I had them all sit down one night, and I was like, okay, everybody got your character sheets. They're like, yeah, we got. I'm like, oh no, you don't. And I handed them all these jumbo index cards Mm -hmm. that were their like the name of their character as a level one NPC class. So it's like you're an adept, and Mm -hmm. you're an expert, and you're a warrior, and like just because they were level eleven, wow. Now they're level one, and I put them in basically a Groundhog's Day scenario where I put them up against a CR six ranger fighter that Mm -hmm. was just beating their asses Mm -hmm. over and over again. And the shit they came up with of like, we're going to go to the, the horse stalls and get a bunch of horse crap. And we're going to get a net and we're going to, you know, find wax to attach burning stuff to our crossbow bolts. And we're going to do this. And we're like, there's just all this stuff of like trying because like a one-on-one fight, this guy can and will, Wipe the party's floor. Mm-hmm. Did it like five times. Oh, wipe the party's floor. Wipe the floor with the party. And mm-hmm. there's six of them, too. Like, yeah, so even, oh, wow. Yeah. And it just, it led them to stopping it, being like, all right, like you said, you put them up against something that they can't just hammer mm-hmm. their way through. And they're all of a sudden trying to think of what can we do? Like, what is there? And, you know, they're just looking around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I see. Like, I love that because all of a sudden now you've created players who are going to bring that knowledge and and that experience to other tables. Hopefully, right? Like, hopefully, and and suddenly that 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 spreads, and that's what I started to see with my players was they would they, you know, you're putting them up against this groundhog scenario, which I love. Like, maybe that that like you should run that. You know tangent you should totally like take that and then run it at like conventions like Mm -hmm, how to like 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 teach new players to think outside the box and I think that's the hardest part of GMing is when you get new players right like so I do the Wednesday D&D right and I I love teaching new people because I, I like to teach them my way of playing and I'm more of a fan of outside the box don't worry if it says you only have 40 feet of rope like we'll figure it out you know or don't worry like we we'll, we'll, we'll work it this way and then that's how you get creative players and that's how you see these um really interesting plays happen and and you know suddenly the players are using candle wax and horse manure to create mini nuclear mini bombs right like they yeah. they they condense the horse manure into like almost like a, a compound pack and it's almost like a napalm kind of thing where it just explodes on the guy um plus it's poop no one likes poop yeah. Uh, yeah, you know,
0: and then all yeah, of a sudden, the, the amount of, they're just like, oh, this guy's got going to have pink eye, like six ways from Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's like something you could totally, <laughs> that's disgusting by the way, but like, I love it because like all of a sudden you're like, you know what, that might work. Like if we shoot poop in their face, it could distract them and then we could yeah. get around, you know, and like maybe, you know, do the old Acme trick, like lead them underneath, like a horse we rigged up <laughs> to just drop on him, you know, like something like but I, that I, was discussed. I, that that very thing actually was discussed. You see, Acme, Acme Wally Coyote, man, that that dude, he's a genius. Um, but I, I think that's what we we as GMS and and want from to see from new players. You know, like this really cool. Don't just I I, I What really grinds my gears if you if you get the Peter ref, Peter Peter Griffin reference, is like when the player says something, but even before they're done talking. They're grabbing dice, and I'm like, "Calm down a second, just finish your thought, and then maybe there's no need for dice, yeah. because it's so far out the box that like I'm gonna look like, you know, like oh, let's see how this plays out. Like let's let let's drop that horse from 15 feet up, like, you know, and 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 that's what I love, and that's I think what I what I was always drawn to about tabletop role playing games, because you could play. You know, we we could play Elder El, El, Elder Scroll Online. We could play World of Warcraft, but all you can do is hit one, two, you know, tab auto tab. Oh, I'm gonna refresh my spells. And I, I think that's what I hate seeing at tables is when players are like, "Oh, I'm a ranger. All I can do is shoot a bow." And I'm like, "No, dude! Like, you got so many more options. And and, and if I have to have, like if I have to be the hammer and ha- and just destroy you constantly with." crazy shenanigans so that one day you look at me and you're like you know what i'm going to put this bag of holding in this portable hole and see what happens you you know we all know it's a bad thing it's not not positive i don't know if they do that anymore in in the newer editions i mean you say it's not positive but i'm just gonna say we one time you know put out
0: our portable hole and Covered it over, and the bad guy walked into it because he didn't see it. And then was just like, "What are you gonna do now? I am in a hole." And then we all like we tossed a bag of holding into it, and <laughs> was like, "See you later, bitch!" Yeah, sucked him into the astral plane. <laughs>
1: you know, you took care of that fight in about thirty seconds, and yeah. no one died. You lost. I mean, it oh, cost no. us, you know, twenty five thousand gold pieces, but we beat yeah. the boss in you know one round. <laughs> you're, yeah, your adventurous. you make that up next week. That—that's. <laughs> I mean, th- I I always like to say, uh. You know, I'm a fan of like the old uh, Conan movies. Dude's always poor. That's why he's always on yeah. a new adventure. You know, every time you see him, he's like, oh, I, I, I have a, a a cup of rubies," and then the next scene, he's broke. He spent it all. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, that's one of the things they did in the Conan RPG was after your adventure, before you can level up, is you have to go and like splurge on. Food and alcohol and company wow. and stuff like that. that's you wow. have to do that in order to level up. As it's part
1: of it, I I like that. I'm gonna start. Stealing, I'm gonna stealing that. See, I I never actually got to play the Conan RPG. I hear it's a it's a fun game. Um, but that's really cool, right? But that's the aspect of being because if you think about it, right? Like you go on one adventure and you make a hunt. Let's say you make. You, you 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 steal something and you know the gm's it, it, the items in the book are crazy right and you let's say you you go into a dungeon you come out and you made a hunt, you made you know a platinum piece which is 100 gold and you have a plus 1 longsword you're definitely richer than most towns yeah in the dungeons you know in the most typical fantasy world yeah so yeah, it's the joke I make about Galarian. Galarian is
0: full of third level adventurers that retired because they're like, "All right, well, I now have enough money to be set up for life, so I'm going to open my shop, and I don't care if it actually makes money because
1: whatever." Yeah, I, I, you know, I have infinite amount of money, and I don't have to worry about it. But yeah. again, that's I, you know, I, I'm a jerk. I I use rust monsters, and they eat money. Like money summons Ooh. rust monsters in my game. That's cool, I, and. Again, it's putting my players back up to the wall Again, stuff. It's, it's it's again, hurting or or, or having player loss. And yeah. my players now, like, whenever they play, they put the bags. Like, you know, like, if you ever in real life, you're supposed to, like, hang your food off the ground. For, for bears. Ba- yeah. yeah, for bears and stuff like that. They do the same thing because, like, uh, like I've done it, like, I want to say <laughs> six or seven times. Where, like, they'll wake up, uh, if, you know, they're having a rest, and I'm like, oh, okay, make your spot check, make your spot check. Blah, blah, blah. And I just wait for that one person to fail, and I'm like, oh, okay. You wake up next morning. Oh, you know, if there's a ranger or a druid, I'm like, oh, you know, you weird tracks on the ground. They kind of look like large grasshopper tracks. And they're like, large grasshopper tracks. Damn it! And then like now they start to reckon. They're like, some of them. And then I like they'll be like, but my sword was right there. Why didn't you eat the sword? I'm like, gold is tastier. Yeah, it's like like candy. Want- yeah, I like I. So uh, funny thing is. I now I, I wait for Halloween, you know, and I buy the chocolate The balloons mm-hmm. and I'll I, I'll hand them out to players, and they know that means the rust monster ate some of their their money because <laughs> I gave them candy, and they're like, oh my gosh, uh, they're like son of a, they're like, how much money did I lose? I was like, well, how much money did you have? <laughs> and and players uh, players hate it the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth time. But after a while, they start to bury it. I've had players do that, frequently bury it. Uh, Arguments about whether or not they could smell it in a bag of holding have struck the table a number of times. Up in the trees like bears, uh, which actually saved the party once because I had a group of bandits jump them. And they cut the gold and it dropped on the leader and knocked them unconscious. And then, and then the wizard, like level one wizard was like, behold my power. And like, <laughs> and the, the, I was like, okay, you have to make like a deception check or something. I was like, I, they believe you. Like, this is just to see like, whether they're going to run or like, like a few of them will run. Like, let's see like what happens. And rolled, you know, rolled really well. And I was like, they run. They think you could just make bags fall from the sky. And. <laughs> Yeah, and and it became like a running gag, like the like you know in that uh, campaign, uh, the wizard would carry like just bags of rocks and like <laughs> hang them in trees. It became, it became so ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> and it was never anything dangerous, right? Like they never yeah. wanted, Uh but they would hang them in trees. I was trying to run, you know, uh, all GMs at a certain point in time hit the. Get the itch for the survival campaign where we're gonna track rations and we're gonna track you know wilderness encounters.
0: Yeah, they get that itch one time.
1: Yeah, it's always that one time. You're like, oh man, I I, I just watched Bear Grills and I really want to do a wilderness campaign. And you do it, and like seven to eight sessions later, you're like, I hate this so much. I, yeah. I don't wanna do keep doing this. Um there's an adventure path. You know, speaking about wilderness and going back to the original topic, there's adventure path from Pathfinder. Uh, I think they're converting it to second edition. They might also be converting it to fifth edition. Kingmaker. At- Kingmaker. Exactly. That is what I was running for the Groundhog scenario. Yeah, oh, nice. At, at, but as you know, in Kingmaker, th- they can just randomly go to a hex and there might be like really high level monsters because it's supposed to be like a, a real world. Right. Like kind of yep. like an open plane. Um, and I love that, right? Like, because again, they show up and there's like a, 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 blood bore and they're like, what's a blood bore? And it hits one player once. And they're like, this is terrible. That's a blood bore. Okay. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to be here anymore. We should leave.
0: Yeah. We had an aborted attempt, uh, at it where I was playing and mm-hmm. my wife's character died. Right. And the DM just would not introduce her, would not introduce her. And it was like three hours into the session. I'm like, will you just let us find her character, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we're in this hex, which, spoiler alert, full of bear traps, right? <laughs> yes, and so he's I like, that one. you find her in a bear trap. And he like rolls damage and she's just like, I'm dead. <laughs> she's like, what? I'm like, you just killed my new character. Yeah. And it was <laughs> like, yeah, one bear trap. It was just like. Luckily, he went back and said, okay, okay, she's not in the bear trap because, you know, wow. that would just be shitty, but...
1: <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing GMing. 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, it was, it was the reason why it was an aborted game, Uh, but
1: yeah, yeah
0: it, it was... Yeah, there are so many times where you run into things where it's just like, that's... I mean, even now, you know, we're in book four of the game I'm running, and mm-hmm. there are still hexes that the party for. Book two are just like, yeah, we're not going back to you. I'm like, guys, it's you were level three. Now you're level 11. Grow some balls and go back. Like, you're probably not
1: going to party wipe this time. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it, there's always the bad rolls. You know, everyone starts to roll ones, you know, like.
0: Whoop. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have that joke, too. We're in that same campaign. This is going to be a bit of a tangent, but I love this story, right? I was looking at the party, because, again, six players, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. do none of you have dark vision? (laughs) And they're like, no, why do we need, we have three people that can cast light. And I immediately, because I know this group, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, none of you is going to take the time in combat to, quote-unquote, waste your turn to cast a light spell. Like, you're all too selfish for that. So, they're camping one night Works. okay? First thing they do, ice breath, blows out the campfire. It's dark. So they're at the the mischance the whole way through, and they are getting miserable. And this fight just goes on and on <laughs> until finally, like, seven or eight rounds in, somebody's just like, all right, fuck it, I cast the light spell, right? And then after that, they start doing way better. He gets down. I got one war left. It's got literally one hit point left. It's mm-hmm. my turn. I roll, like, a three. So I'm like, okay, I miss. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be able to do one hit point before its turn comes around. Encounters over. And the dude the dude who's in its mouth is just like, no, 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 no. I finally got my dagger out. I'm going to stab this thing. I'm like, alright, well, it's your turn next. I hope you roll a one. <laughs> and he looks at me. He's like, you son of a bitch. Uh, Rolled a, a one. Pull the fumble card. You hit yourself. It's a critical threat. Roll to confirm. Rolls like a 19 to confirm. And then they're like, well, bard damage doesn't multiply on a crit. I'm like, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You guys made a huge deal about how it totally does when it was against the wargs. So it multiplies on the crit. He killed himself. Stabbed himself right in the throat. <laughs> just just dead. And we have yet to let him live it down. It's like, <laughs> because in the fumble deck too, like everything, whether every type of the four has mm-hmm. that fumble. And so we're like, oh, it's a Brit. That's yep. just what we call it. They're like, oh, you, you almost crit yourself. We're going to see if you crit yourself. <laughs> it's just <sighs> it, that I have killed more characters in Kingmaker than in anything else because of that exact thing that you talked about. Like sometimes you just you encounter a thing that's way past your level, and sometimes it's the opposite. Like where they're at now, there's mm-hmm. a chance. So far, twice I have rolled you encounter snakes. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to run this because you're level 11. The snakes are CR 2, even Mm -hmm. if there's six of them. That's basically just you wasting time. Like, they're not even a high enough CR for you to gain experience points by the rules. So it's like, you encounter a bunch of snakes, you, you know, get some snake skins. Congratulations. That's what you did today. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on this.
1: Yeah, like we're, we're gonna walk away from this encounter because it's so ridiculous.
0: Yeah, you win. That's it. Yeah,
1: like I'm I'm hand waving this
0: fight. Yeah, next time when you fight, a, you know, a, a dragon, we'll we'll actually go through that one.
1: Yeah, like something cool. Yeah, like let's let's do it. Like, oh, sea serpent. Yes. S- snakes. No, no,
0: no. Maybe in book one. Yeah, maybe in book two
1: because of poison. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but
0: eh, not not in book four.
1: No, no, no! You're like, all right, we're done with this. Let's let's keep it moving. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. That, creating yourself in the neck. That's rough. Did, did the war just walk away? It was like, this is my food now. I'm done. No,
0: no. The <laughs> the next person in line was just like, all right, I swing. Uh, I and the, like they rolled like a sixteen. They're like, I hit it, and I'm like, okay, it's dead.
1: It's dead. Yeah. There's yeah. no way not to like deal damage.
0: Yeah, and, like, I, and I knew, like, their, uh, one of the spellcasters still had magic missiles, so, like, if it came all the way back to it, like, they could just magic missile it and it would be down.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I love how magic missile, you know, tangent, it's it's still, like, the most effective weapon any caster can ever use. Yeah. It's just, you know, magic missile, I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. You know, um, I do... I. It's so weird. I, I'm so glad you're playing Kingmaker. I love Kingmaker. It's one of the better ones out there. Yeah, don't don't bear trap someone's wife first off. That's rude as all heck. Uh, don't insta kill them. Also, like you could have just been like, oh, she's trapped in a bear trap. I'm not gonna roll damage.
0: Yeah, that would have made sense.
1: Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. Also, don't. Yeah, if you're if you're GMing and you're like rolling random monsters and you see like snakes. You know, unless it's, like, a mess of giant pythons that make it worth a good, like, fight where you can use miniatures. Just, you know, you're like, all right, the players, uh, you know, everyone take one point of damage and you now find 24 snake skins. If you got, yeah, like, cool. a ranger or someone who collects that stuff. Um, you know, everyone now has snake jerky. Cool. Yeah uh yeah i i I think that's really important to remember too also as a gm like if if you can have your enemies run i think that's also a nice way to like show like the dynamics of the world is like oh you, you walk into a cave and you see a bunch of kobolds and they 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 see the paladin turn on his flaming sword and they're like not my fight yeah i'm leaving
0: I, I did something similar with that. Like, they got jumped by bandits on the road. They jump out. They're like,
1: ha-ha! Oh! And then, like, the bandits saw who
0: they were talking to. They're like, um, never mind. And they, they were like, they just
1: fucked right off. Yeah. And that makes for such a... It, it also creates your players to feel good. Right? Yeah. Like, so that's... I guess that's the balance that you're looking for as a GM. Is, like, a, a sense of, like, teaching your players to think outside the box by putting them up against hard... Uh, puzzles, right? I'm not going to say in like encounters, but like hard puzzles, right? And and then also putting putting your players up against easy problems where the world sees them for who they are. You know, suddenly they're these mythic characters, right? Like I, you know, one of my favorite movies was uh, it's so terrible to say, this, but the the Witch Hunter movie with Vin Diesel, okay, right? And he had the sword that just randomly he had yeah he had a flaming sword, but like. I thought that was, like, if you saw that, like, if, if if you're thinking, like, as you're playing, if you're thinking in a cinematic universe, a player turns on a flaming sword, there should be some kind of reaction from a- at least someone in the room, right? Like, I know myself, like, if I was in a fight and someone, like, turned on, like, pulled a knife out and it turned on fire, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to mess with that guy. He has a flaming yeah. knife.
0: Yeah, I'm going to fuck right off because fuck
1: that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm solid. Like, I might have knocked out his friend. But I'm I'm gonna leave because now Flaming Knife guy's here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm more than willing to argue with the next person, like another bandit, like why I didn't keep fighting because he had flaming knife.
0: Yeah, because you're alive to still argue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it makes logical sense. And, and and that's really important. I think that's that's really important, especially for the players, you know, to feel important. I, I, I think that's also something we miss out as GM sometimes. Because we want we want the world to feel alive and, and powerful and, and 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 stuff like that. You could also make it feel alive for your players, you know. That, but that's a, that's a different topic. I'm not going to steal that from the next person to come on your show. That I feel like you should jot that down. And be like, ah, right, next topic, guy, come on. You know how to make your players feel powerful without just throwing, you know, flaming swords all over them.
0: I, I wouldn't totally be taking that note right now and
1: you know having it. What are you talking about? I, I think of all my own ideas. Um. No, 100%. But yeah, like, um, there was a... Uh, I, I think also puzzles are important. You know, like having your players run up against a, a, pu- a puzzle they might not be able to solve now. Mm-hmm. Ta- you know, taking cues from, you know, we're gamers, right? And, and I, I use that term very broadly like anyone who's played any kind of game and uh or an adventure game will recognize zelda right there are certain times in 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 zelda you come to a puzzle you can't resolve it and then you have you come back later with the the solution you now have the bomb you have the the great sword the master sword um the, the the arrow to to light arrow to activate it um I think that's also something important. You could do that at very early levels, right? Like, let's say you don't, you're homebrewing, right? And your players don't really have, like, a a full thought out plot. You know where you want it to get to? The temple of a million evil Hydra monsters. But they can't just start there, right? Like, they, they, they can't just get there. So, they find maybe they find the temple, but they can't get in. And they know the MacGuffin is in the temple, but they have to go on these other quests, you know, to finally get in there, and that's, that, that's a way to kind of force your players to start feeling like, oh, I've been defeated by something, and it sucks. Maybe they maybe they get through the dungeon, and they come up against this great, magnificent door, and it's locked, you know, yeah. and, it's, and they can't get in. And you're like, what are you going to do? You know, speak, friend, and enter, and they can't figure it out. And they come back maybe later, and then they have the, the solution. You know, they realized, oh, it was Elvish. And they just had to say something in Elvish, and they they finally got an elf to talk for them. Yeah. Um, you know that that's also something a, a DM could do to to make your to 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 have your players fail or not fail, but like have your players be defeated, quote unquote defeated, without just smashing their heads with a baseball bat. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, or, it's, a,
0: it's a good point because like, and Zelda does this really well too, where it's it's not even necessarily. Like the end door, but sometimes, like I remember in Ocarina of Time, you'd see these symbols on different things all over the place, but it's not till like very late in the game that you get the item that you're like, wait a minute, I bet if I went back to these things and used the item, I could do something with it. And like, so you're like revisiting old places to be like, oh, cool, I found like this other stuff. Like, I have solved the puzzle of remembering where shit is too.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, and, and that also teaches your players to be good note takers. Yeah, love oh. a good note-taker. Yeah, those are, are, are essential. Um, I You know, oh, my my old school player, Jeff, he he takes amazing notes because, you know, if, if we've all watched Netflix and you've seen Stranger Things, they play D&D, um, the one thing he gets the most mad at, he was like, ah, this is so unrealistic. I was like, what, what, what makes it unrealistic? And he's always like, no one's drawing a map. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, back in the day, we used to draw maps. Everyone had grid paper. We'd draw maps. There was always a map drawer at the table. And I'm like, okay, you can calm that. It's not that serious. Ah! You know, he gets a grumpy old man. Um, but he still does that. He draws maps uh, of the dungeon, even though I, I put down tiles or, or you know, I, there's always some kind of map already there. He draws it still by hand. And um, occasionally... I will not put down maps and I'll, I'll I'll verbalize it and I'll have what the map looks like and then I want to see what he draws and it also teaches me you know to be a better uh just be better with descriptions and 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 using adjectives better and I'll look at his map and I'll look at my map and I'll be like no this none of this lines up no yeah no I'm bad and uh but again like note takers are essential Having that option to have your players go back to like that dungeon that they cleared out, you know, or, you know, now maybe it's infested with giant spiders and maybe they might be overpowering the giant spiders. You know, it's, it's just more of a, you know, you go in there with a big broom and you sh- sweep them out. Um, and then now they have, you know, the potion that allows them to misty step through the door or in, you know, in the crack of the door. I I think that's cool it 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 again you're st- you're not stealing you're using everything that your other people have thought of this right they they got yeah. paid to sit down to think of these problems and you can take those problems put them in your game and you look really awesome because your players are going to realize hey i took a dungeon from ocarina of time unless you're like oh it's a water temple and then people are going to be like uh, yeah fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like everyone's going to realize what you just did there
0: and it's not only that they realize it, it's that you picked
1: that one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the specific, that's the best one. <laughs> that's,
0: that's the one that's most universally hated out of the entire series, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's that's why you do it, just to piss them off.
0: <laughs> no, I, I will agree. One of the nice things we've, we've kind of hit on here is that, like, because I, I kind of came into this expecting to talk about how to deal with a party losing a fight. But we haven't even touched on that. Like, we've been talking, because there's so many ways to lose without mm-hmm. losing a fight, you know, you lose the things that are important to you, you lose the people, the NPCs that are important to you, you lose because you just, you literally can't progress, it, it reminds me of the Captain Picard saying, um it is possible to do everything right and still fail Mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not their fault that they can't get through that aforementioned door Mm-hmm. they just literally can't and it's like, well yeah, Did you fail? Yes. Is it your fault? No. You know, you just... You gotta find what you need to, to keep going. It does, you know... It, it drives them to be like, alright, we got you know the symbol on the door. Let's keep an eye open for this symbol somewhere else in the world. And, like, it helps invest them, too.
1: You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, especially if you're homebrewing. Homebrewing a campaign, adventures, is really hard. And sometimes you need to put that clock, that that clock uh, to stop so that you have a moment as the GM to create something. And they failed, right? They failed, but they did everything right, but they failed. It sucks, but it also forces them to want more, right? Like now all of a sudden they're like, no, I want to see that symbol on the door. It's out there. I know it's out there. The GM wouldn't just arbitrarily put something in the game. Never. The, The GM is just. 4D chess player that they've thought down the you know and and I think you know that's that's what I really like about Loss is is there's multiple options you you hit the nail on the head Captain Picard's 100% right um, and that's why he's the best uh Starfleet captain out there yeah. Janeway Oh Janeway is dope she did get lost and like got her whole crew back and beat up the Borg so I'll give you that one I I I think Picard's pretty solid <laughs> Car's awesome, but
0: you know, my heart My heart belongs, belongs to genuine man. Will do in a pinch, but I prefer captain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: ah, damn,
0: yeah. sorry, anyway, yeah. yeah,
1: no, sorry, but yeah. like that, that statement still rings true, right? Like, it's a very solid statement, uh, you know. And then once you kind of come up with all these ideas, right? And then, you know, touching back on the topic of like losing in a fight, having your players lose in a fight. Suddenly, becomes less of a a pain, right? They the players no longer feel that that uh, ennui of that loss because they've hit so many roadblocks, right? Like not not on purpose, right? Obviously, you don't want to just put roadblocks to just for roadblocks' sake, but like they've 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 hit a roadblock and overcome it. They've hit a roadblock and overcome it, and. Then they lose in a fight and it stings, right? Like losing in a fight stings. But they're like, no, we can overcome that. You know? And that's that's kind of what you're building here is that concept of uh courage and 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 bravery in your players, where all of a sudden you have the player who is maybe playing the the rogue who hides under the table in a fight till they get the right chance to jump out and stab someone in the kidney. So all of a sudden that rogue's the first person at the table. Like, no, we can we could do this. Like, trust me, I know we could do this. And that's, yeah. that's kind of, yeah, confidence is really what you want to see here. You know, um, what, what, what show was it? like? Critical Role, the, the, the cartoon on Amazon Prime. Um, there's the scene where they're trying to catch the, the vampire people, uh, mm-hmm. they're at the dinner, and they oh. have that fight. They have that really cool fight in the, in the water, in the plaza, and then the, the two people get away, and they're like, Oh, they were bad guys. but They lost that fight. They, you know, the the superheroes lost that fight and they got sent to, you know, their, their castle, their keep, and they were forced. And, and that's, that's, that's a loss, you know, and you see the characters in that they want to keep progressing. They, 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 they push themselves even harder to, to keep going forward. You know, I, I think the, the proper way to do a fight loss right like now since we're kind of moving on to that topic and I, this is the easiest topic i feel of, of this conversation is uh you have to have your villains escaping that's how you do the fight loss they have to want to leave because once players start going down right and then it's overwhelmed numbers right so you have six players four go down and the other team has way more players suddenly everyone at the table is like oh this is a tpk if it's just a knockdown drag them out fight it probably will turn into a tpk right because the kobolds don't have a reason to leave
0: yeah
1: so now you have to give them a reason to leave maybe something happens like all of a sudden you know they're, they're lizard they they're flicking their tongues and then they start to you know flick their tongues like oh and then they they run they start to scamper and then the, the rest of the party's like what's happening and then you know you could have like something come a larger earth elemental maybe the underground come and scared them away or something right like
0: yeah like it's um not to just make it sound trite but it's like in lord of the rings when they get surrounded by the goblins and then all of a sudden the goblins are like what uh and then they all turn and flee because
1: Balrog, and they're just like well fuck yeah exactly they were losing that fight badly um yeah. and then the Balrog showed up and Gandalf just stole the kill and leveled up before the yeah, party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but it's 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 written, right? So it's written. So stealing ideas from someone, it's written, and you can steal the idea, and it's perfectly fine. Stealing yeah. isn't bad,
0: you know. It's, uh, I mean, having your heroes or hero lose their fight is, I mean, it is one of the tropes of storytelling, and not just fantasy, but storytelling all over the place, because then it shows the bad guy is really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, so for instance, we were talking about the, the movie The Wizard, mm-hmm. Fred Savage. You remember that, that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time they encounter that guy with the power glove, like he whoops their butt. You know, and it's just like, so this guy's really good, and they have lost, and now they need to overcome it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't completely stop them, but it just shows that the bad guy is Better than them at what they're doing, so they need to become better.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it's it's every it is a trope for a reason, and and yeah. you know not using that term negatively. It's a it's a good reason. You know, if you watch the movie Willow, they they run from ninety percent of those fights. Like yeah, ninety percent of those fights, they're just running, and um, you know that 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 just sometimes it's okay to run. You know, sometimes it's okay to. To escape, you know, Rocky, he loses to Apollo in the first one. Yep. And, you know, but Ap- not not say, you know, and then there's a second movie based on Rocky coming back. You know, that that's that's kind of the whole story of Rocky is he loses and then he comes back. It's it's important and there's a reason why we like to see that. The underdog, you the underdog. You know, you wanna see the, the character have to overcome that hurdle. And sometimes it doesn't have to be the big bad evil guy. It could just be, we got beat up by a bunch of cobalts. We we took our licking. We ran. It's okay. We're going to come back even better. You just always have to have some kind of, make, you know. Some reason. Up. Yeah, something. something. They need to either be running, fleeing from the bear guys or the the, the, the encounter. They need to be fleeing. Or, you know, um, maybe the bear, that cave bear whooped their butt. But it was, it was actually a mama bear just protecting her cub. And then the cub, you know, calls. You hear the cub call, and then the mama bear leaves the forest, you know, f- leaves the encounter. Um, I don't know if owl bears have, have cubs. Uh, they do in
0: Pathfinder 1st Edition.
1: Yeah. So you could definitely use that as, you know, similar effect. Because owl bears are, you know, what's funny. I'm bringing up owl bears. Uh, in an adventure path I was playing in... Um, the players are playing guards in this adventure path and uh, it was an interesting concept didn't need more time in the oven but it was an interesting uh, adventure path and the first encounter they are so they deal with a bar brawl and that's fun right they go in there they're basically everyone break it up they break it up right second encounter they're, they're told to walk the mean streets they're, they have to do their beat right They beat cops so they're walking and uh, people start to run screaming ah! they they now they call to adventure right that's the call to adventure so they run they go to see what's going on and there's a cockatrice and this they're level one right and cockatrice Mm -hmm. is is, is a powerful enemy and there's a cockatrice on loose there was a, a zoo and they got out and in the book there's no solution like it's just like the players see the cockatrice roll initiative and that's what like the book doesn't have anything and my players were like, we don't get paid enough for this. Like, literally, every player was like, we don't get paid enough for this. Um, but I was like, you guys are still, this is your, your. you have to protect the public, right? Like, so serve and protect. And they were like, we don't get paid enough for cockatrice fighting. Like, it's going to kill us. Uh, hey, guess were, what? We
0: quit. We're pirates
1: now. Yeah, that's literally, a few of them were like, if, uh, like, a few of them were like, we don't want to, like, i would run like in real life they were like i would run like this is uh, like an alligator attacking people like i I don't get paid enough for this um but they uh they used their rations they they started using the rations they were throwing rations and then uh they were able to like lure it uh away and they were they, they 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 basically lured it into a uh a warehouse because, like, on the map, the, the map they, they were given, it shows, like, there are houses. So I was like, oh, the, you know, they were like, what are those? I was like, oh, warehouses. So they lured it into a warehouse, shut the door, and locked it. And then they were like, this is the best we got. Um, but again, they were, they were put up against a, an encounter that literally, like, would have wiped them at level one. It would have just... Yeah. Like, the saves are really high against the enemy. This, like, it... My party would have lost if they went in that as, like, a combat encounter. Um... But again, it's putting them up against a big bad, uh, a big evil thing, and then they were able to figure it out. Uh, I didn't have a solution honestly to the reason this why. The, the Best puzzles, yeah. So they just blocked it in the room, and I was like, you know, that's not a bad plan. So, uh, but again, it's it's weird. Like they, I, 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 a lot of times APs kind of hold the players' hands early on, and that was like the first time they didn't. Uh, but again, it's going back to that concept of like sometimes they can lose, you know. Obviously, they're in a city, so there was going to be a solution uh, for if any players got petrified. Like, the clerics healed them. Yeah. You know, it's part of your health insurance as being town guards. But uh, that was weird, and it was, you know, they they figured it out. Uh, Ironically, it was the 2E player who came up with the idea, and that's the guy who was always running. He's always down to run. He was the first one to say, I don't get paid enough for this. Um And, uh, yeah, you know, thank, thank, thank goodness. Thank, thank the gods that they, they chose to stand in and figure it out. But, um, again, it's, it's trying to figure out, you know, fights and, and, and figuring out, you know, have your players lose, but not feel like they, they lost. Right. Like that's a weird thing to say lose, but not feel like it was taken from them.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like, so a TV case fairly. Yes, exactly. Like, like maybe the 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 death knight has a weird sense or code and he's like the predator right like he won't kill a weak prey so he trounces the party and he's like you're not even worth me killing like i I won't get anything from this
0: yeah
1: um the, you know the predator is a, a great option you put the, like a character like the predator where it has to be a a worthy kill um you know trounces the party a little bit, and it's like, come see me when you're a higher level. Maybe, like, you know, even put salt in the wound. Drops them, like, you know, gives them, like, a plus one magic sword. Be like, here, next time, you know, I'll balance the odds in your favor.
0: I had, um, a situation where, one of the things I'm trying to do with Kingmaker is, like, I put, I'm self-inserting, not self <laughs> I myself am inserting, like, tropes, um, from, like, fantasy stuff. Like, yeah. old folk tales. Oh, okay. And they found this, you know, abandoned tower with, you know, they could hear singing from it and it was really tall and like they go upstairs and they see this beautiful woman with super long hair, right? And so they're like, you know, none of them actually kind of picked up on that um, because my awesome note taker wasn't with the group yet, but Mm -hmm. you know, and she's got the pointed ears and Mm -hmm. they're like, how long have you been up here? She's like, "Ah, like 300 years like oh how do you survive she goes oh i'm dead and it's a banshee right <gasps> and like the party is nowhere near equipped to deal with a banshee so like I, I kind of adjusted it where it was like all right let's let it instead of just it screams it builds up mm-hmm. you know give them a chance to run yeah and they didn't they're like let's try and disrupt the scream bam bam and it's just like they're just not doing enough and so yeah, I killed all the party members that were up there, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of the rest were on a lower floor so they survived and it was fine, but like none of them were upset with me even though I put them up against the monster that was way outside their weight class because there was this chance. Mhm. You know, there was like you said like I mentioned it's losing fairly. You know, they they saw what was coming, they knew it was dangerous, they had a chance to do something and it just didn't
1: work out in their favor. Yeah. So it's a hundred percent true. Like that, that's actually really cool. I'm stealing it by the way. Um, thank you. And, uh, but that's cool. Like you did give them the out, right? Like they saw whether or not it was like laid out, you know, you didn't, you know, hold their hand, but you still gave them the like, Hey, I'm a band. Like clearly I'm a ghost or something singing. You had the clues, you know, Rapunzel. That was really cool. You know, Cool concept, and then all of a sudden, you know, she starts to build her voice, you know, like ah, and you're know, like, you should probably,
0: yeah. I mean, they they rolled the knowledge checks; so they knew what was coming, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of them have been playing since AD and D Second Edition, uh, so not as old as your Jeff, but you know, uh, long enough to know like Elven woman dead. That's a banshee.
1: Yeah, like we should probably just go out the door. Yeah, like oh, or, we're the you back. know, jump off
0: the balcony or something.
1: Yeah, like, so you'll probably survive. Like, you could do some, like, crazy stuff without dealing with, you know, the whale that will definitely wipe you. Yeah. Um, And that's also, I, I mean, you touch on something amazing there is give them, give their players the, the, the cues and also give them, like, the option, like, you know, hey, I'm giving you as much as possible to realize this is outside your weight class. You came in thinking you were fighting chickens and now there's a cockatrice. Like yeah. Yeah, oddly you know, enough,
0: I've I've run adventures with that exact scenario. You thought it was chickens, it's a cockatrice.
1: Yeah. And then you're like, hey man, I'm giving you as much as possible. You know, you, you notice a lot of stone mice around you, and you're like what do you mean stone mice, and you're like Yeah, you notice the footsteps seem more reptilian than they do chicken y. And yeah. you're like, okay, dude, like, please understand what you're getting yourself into. And at that point, you know, it's the player, right, with the big signs that's saying, warning, hazard, danger ahead. And they're like, ah, I'm going to just hit the gas on this one. Um, and that's where you can leave the table, you know, as the GM, as as the, the, the head, leaving the table knowing you did your best. Because yeah. you, you didn't just throw... You know, a co- like you weren't like, oh, you're fighting chickens and oh, choice, because I had nothing better to do. Yeah, and then like, well, you know what? Um,
0: I mean, at, you know, at the very least, the players learn to like pick up on small cues. Not you know, in the future when they see something turned to stone, they'll be like, wait a minute, that's not usually stone. Or they're like, wait a minute, why is you know, Why is this patch of grass made out of glass now? Like they'll be like, this is a weird thing. I should
1: be cautious. mm Hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's something we miss a lot as uh, as players. A lot of times you go into the game thinking uh, with a weird sense of entitlement, right? Like I I can I'm going to say like I I I sometimes go into a game with a weird sense of entitlement, knowing like my GM's is not going to kill me the first like the moment I sit down. Now I I play with only my friends. Like not nah, not saying I wouldn't play with other people. But, like, I play with, like, close friends that I've been playing with for years. Yeah. So, if they if they just dropped a, a, a rock on my head and they were, like, 72 points of damage, I'd be, like, man, fine. But I'm Ooh. now writing Junior at the end of my character's name. Yeah. And that's what's coming because that's <laughs> what you're dealing with. Um, so, I, I would be cool with it. But, like, you know, when you go to conventions and stuff like that, so you kind of sit down with a weird sense of entitlement. Like, I'm not going to instantly die in the first 10 minutes of this encounter. And you shouldn't be mad if it does happen, because honestly, if, if it was well written or if it was well executed, you probably were told, hey, you shouldn't put your hand in the big green monster's mouth,
0: you know? Yeah, no, I just I'm my players know that I will absolutely kill you in the first 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> like if that's if that's what it comes like, I will drop a rock on your head, you know, rocks fall, you die. But like, mm-hmm. you know, if you find yourself in that situation, yeah. You're fucking toast. You know. Yeah. I, I will not hesitate to let you fail. You know.
1: It, just it, because that's that's what the game's about. Teaches it, it, it knocks me down, a Peg. And sometimes you just have to um you know, roll with your punches. Uh you know, I, I, I think, you know, failing is good. Failing is, is, is solid. You learn from your mistakes. Hopefully. Yeah, you can you can only do so much. I, I you know, hopefully hopefully players start to pick up and they don't rely. Sometimes that happens. They start to rely on one player, and then yeah. I've seen it happen a few times at the table. Like your note taker wasn't. You said, oh the note the guy who does the note taking was usually the you know the, the the one to be like ah this seems kind of shady wasn't there and all of a sudden they got wailed on and uh, literally wailed on and they you know they didn't make it and that's. Hopefully they all learned a quick lesson. They said, "Okay, you know, maybe we'll take the cues, yeah, and uh, you know, we'll we'll step outside the box and look at this in in a weird perspective." Because you know, I I don't know. I think it's weird to I I have that entitlement. I'm glad I don't play. I I'm I'm never mad if I do die because I'm I'm an I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> uh, being being the eternal GM when. It, it you know it's 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 a tangent right but like when you're the eternal GM I, I'm always the GMing for stuff right yeah uh, the moment I get to play it's so much chaotic energy that has built up I'll I'll sit down to a table and I'll be like oh I'm playing a you know a straight and narrow paladin and five minutes into it my paladin is like causing anarchy <laughs> and everyone's like dude what ha-? I was like you it's just built up like insanity.
0: You know, I understand. It's that like, there's all the things you wished you could do as you know, as the player while you're jamming, and then you finally get the chance, and you run screaming through the jungle, waving your weapons in the air just to get to the next encounter.
1: Oh yeah, hundred, a hundred and ten percent. That's literally what happens. You know, <laughs> and it's it's the worst. I I, you know, so sometimes having the rocks fall on my head when I play, it's not too bad. You know, yeah. I play with a bunch of my friends. Uh, you know, funny, talking about big bad evil. We were. Doing kind of like a pirate campaign. It's pretty cool concept. Uh, we were all in a port, and a, this, a ship came in on an evening's fog. Fog rolls in. Big, go- like almost like ghost-like ship comes in. You know, rotted wood, tattered, frayed. You know, and I think I was level, We were like level five, right? And it's a fifth edition campaign, and I was like, oh, let's sneak onto that ship because we didn't see anyone come off the ship. Yeah. So we were like, let's sneak onto the ship. But we were smart. We were like, hey, let's sneak onto the ship during the day. Because if they're vampires, because a lot of, like, the other players were like, kind of sounds like vampires. So we were like, yeah, if we go in, in the day, it'll be safer. So next morning, we all kind of go and we sneak onto the ship. You know, we pay pay off the, the, the port guards. And we're like, okay, we're going to sneak onto the ship and kind of, like, loot it and stuff. And the GM is explaining to us how, you know... You walk around the ship and there's nothing outside the ordinary. And, and we're like, okay, is that food? They're like, no food. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. We're walking around. And then GM's like, you know, as you walk, your feet kind of stick to the floor as if like something is like wet or like tacky. Uh, like maybe and I'm like, oh, it's blood. Like in my head, because we're like, no, 100% this is vampires, right? So in my head, I'm like, it's, it's blood. Um, and then now we go down to the hold, right? And we're going to go down to the hold and... He's like, okay, so you go down the hole. You don't really see anything. There are cannon, cannonballs, and stuff like that. And, um, not a problem. And then we go to the back, and we open the door. And we go in. He was like, you see six treasure chests. Like, gold encrusted tr- treasure chests. And he's like, they're large. I was like, well, how large are they? He was like, no, they're large. Like, a person could lay in them. And I was like, oh, this is where the vampires are. They hide in treasure chests. They're pirate vampires. They gotta be in there. If we open it up, we could get into a fight and make a break for the, the ceiling, right? Two players All up. Mimics. mimics. All of them were mimics. The boat was a mimic. The mimic. Yeah. The boat was the mimic. We climbed into the mimic's belly. The moment uh. we opened it up, it attacked us. We, it was sticky, not because of blood, but because of the it's mucus. Mucus, yeah. yeah. So the two players, we opened it up. Teeth, tongues, attacked two players, were down there. Ah! Um, the two players up top hear this going on. They make a bake for it, and the boat takes off. It starts to. It swims away, <laughs> so it goes off, and they're like, what's happening? The boat's moving. You know, obviously, oh, that's it, amazing. It was a giant mimic, but I didn't listen to the cues that the GM yeah. was putting down. You don't find food and, you know, giant treasure chest, you know, people size, and a oh, whole sticky. It was mucus, and, and that was it, and he wiped all three out of the four of us. One person actually got off the boat, like, full on, got off the boat, swam back to shore, Screaming mad, and then we had to re-roll new characters, and then that that player actually re-rolled a new character also. But the ca- player would like walk around the town. Ta- that the uh, that character would walk around the town, uh, telling fantastical stories of the mimic boat that, that ate their <laughs> friends. And he was like a madman. It was really cool. Like, it, it, but like he was like, dude, my character would be insane. Like that's not normal.
0: Yeah, i uh, uh, fuck with you.
1: Yeah. And, Cause he didn't see what ate us down below. He didn't see that the like he he like his character didn't know what happened. Um, and then the ship kind of came alive like Disney style, like you know uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And um, so in his mind, his character's mind, he was like, oh, it was a, it was a, like a haunted ma- monster ship. Uh, so he was a, he was a crazy old guy walking around the town. Um who would, like, tell stories, and, and that became our, like, we wanted to hunt this ship down. Like, we were like, we got to go hunt this ship. Uh, but that's besides the point. But, again, we weren't listening to the cues q- q- that the GM was putting down, and it was, uh, it was, again, not so much a TPK, but it was a fight we lost, when we learned yeah. quickly from it. You know, we quickly figured out, hey, instead of just running onto ships and just being crazy pirates, like, think about what you're doing a little bit. Like, take those context cues. Q- clues yeah so, so that the, was pretty yeah mimic boat man don't oh man terrified the shit out of me
0: I, I i got a fun story to follow that up with later but um it's not really relevant to this so um yeah no it is important to learn um and this also goes for like it is important for the dm to learn when he does fail you wrong too because like if you're like if your whole table is upset with you you've done it wrong Mm-hmm. like that's one thing to point out like they should lose fairly not just with some bs you know or you know if or if you do just hand wave they die there better be an important plot point for that important reason you know mm-hmm. like you know now you're undead dealing with this whole thing like and that's where the campaign goes but like if they're already ticked at you then you have not done party loss The right way. Mm -hmm. That being said. uh, Jared we are approaching the end of our time here. Are there any last thoughts that you have? Anything that you're like. Man I really wish I could have brought up this point.
1: Uh, From the GM's perspective of. If the party is mad. That was one of the best statements. Like that, that summarized. If the party leaves the table mad at you. Not at the encounter. It was done incorrectly.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess my wrap-up thought is don't have your party... Don't make your party fail. Let them fail. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't force it on them, but, like, if that's just the way the dice roll, then that's where it is. You know, and if you make an impossible situation, then there better be a solution somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, thank you, listeners, for coming in. Uh, you can find Jared's podcast um the uh, nothing ventured nothing gamed with the link in the description so check them out um conversion ap's take a lot of work so give it a lot of love because
1: that is not an easy thing to do thank you very much um and i want to say thank you very much for having me on your show again i love hanging out with you and i love your listeners they're all really awesome people and uh, my guys listen yeah some of them suck but, yeah. No. Some of my guys <laughs> suck, so <laughs>
0: Alright.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye.